Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Netflix and Swill podcast, your source for Netflix news, reviews, and booze. I'm your host, Caleb. And I'm Dan Obvio. Uh, how's it going, man? I'm um, just wonderful. Uh, I've officially become old. Uh, not because uh, release day is my birthday, but because I got very excited that I bought a blender this week. Uh, because Ooh. now I can make smoothies. There you go. Uh, I... I'm trying to get healthier uh, because I am what is known as a uh, colossal disaster when it comes to the way my body works. So yikes! It's just well, I mean, so last year, famously, I uh, went on the keto diet, which uh, I will get to the the things with this. Uh, but uh, for your, before your for uh, your wedding, so I went on that, lost twenty pounds, and then I was like, all right, fuck this diet, I'm done, and then immediately gained all that weight back. So. Uh, if 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 you are thinking about using the keto diet, just remember it's like temporary weight loss. Like it doesn't actually fix right. it. Like you have to keep that up forever in order to keep it off. Otherwise, you uh, balloon back up to your original weight. As with any diet. Uh, now I'm trying to actually enforce good eating habits as opposed to uh, fad diets. So that's my life. Uh, how are good you? Good for you. I'm all right, I guess. I um. I wish my wife respected me enough to let me know where she was and what she was doing and if she was still alive. Oh, well, that's... So, and that she would answer her goddamn phone. Uh, I I hope she's alive to hear this and then uh, comes in and smacks you whenever... Oh, I'm she sure she it. will. Um, As she does every time I complain about that. I don't know, I'm a, I'm a chronic warrior. Like, in my mind, if I can't get a hold of somebody immediately, they're dead. And and she knows this about me, and she refuses to carry her phone, so so I'm probably just gonna have it shut off because I'm paying way too much for it. Ashley is deaf. Uh, I I don't know who all knows this, but Ashley is deaf. So whenever um I needed to call, I called her because like I forgot my backpack at at home, and I went I was going into the office because I thought the backpack was at the office, but then I remembered, oh wait, maybe it's on this one piece of furniture we never use. Uh, I tried calling her for about uh, 30 minutes and she wouldn't answer. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, if I'm like dying and she's the only one I can get to, because she's the only one I know around here other than Gerald. Gerald, don't get upset. Uh, <laughs> if I if I call her, I, I feel like I will be dead because, you know, so I, I guess it's time to call the cops and hopefully I don't get shot. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, uh, if anything ever happens to me, honestly... My wife would probably be one of the last to know. <laughs> and by the time she uh, actually heard about it, the situation would be resolved. But Mrs. Brownlee, we've been trying to reach you for the last four weeks. Oh, that's interesting. Anything new? Oh, uh, well, yeah, yeah, your husband's dead. Oh. Your husband's been dead for four weeks. Goddamn. It is what it is. I knew what I was getting into. It's as Joe Pesci says in The Irishman, and no one has ever said before in anything ever. 
It's what it is. People think it don't be like it is, but it do. Let's see. What else is going on? Oh, uh, I forgot to comment on last week. We have a new theme song. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's all brand new. It's brand new. Yeah, uh, I want to thank my friend Tony of the band Space Weather, whose link is in the show notes. You can you can check out Space Weather if you like the sound of the the intro song. Uh, the music sounds very much the same, uh, but uh, I've been looking to get like. like Talked to Tony, I think, earlier this year. I was like, yo, do me a theme song because I like your music. So this is that's what he came up with. And uh, now we own, technically, that song to use for whatever purpose we want. We could rap over top of it. Let's rap over top of it, Caleb. Sweet. That's it. Uh, but thank you, Tony. I love you. You're, you're so far and, away. And I love you, too, now. <laughs> I mean, that's how that works. All right. Uh, well, now it's time for a segment called What's Your Swill? Can we please get some alcohol into my mouth? He hates these cans. Stay away from the cans. Uh, I'll throw it to you. What are you drinking? I'm a little bit late jumping on the bandwagon, but I wanted to jump on the bandwagon. Uh, I'm having a, a White Claw hard seltzer. Okay. It is I mean... the mango flavor. Uh it tastes like being uh, blasted in the face with a fire hose of seltzer while somebody whispers the word mango three rooms away. <laughs> it's, that's uh, better than I could ever describe it. That is exactly how White Claw tastes. I don't understand how anybody likes it. It's not good. I don't know. It's, I guess it's refreshing because it's water. Yeah, I guess. But like, I'd rather just have like a vodka tonic, a gin tonic. Yeah. And anything in tonic, quite honestly, over seltzer. Seltzer is the worst. It's not good. Uh, what do you have? Uh, speaking of antonics, uh, I went back to Old Reliable Gin and Tonic uh, because that was what's in the house. Gerald did tell me, though, uh, this week he was drinking uh, Bud Light Lemonade. So I need to go uh, find this the next time I go to the store in order to drink it and tell you all how terrible Bud Light Lemonade is. Have you ever had Natter Day? I don't think so. I wonder which one's better. Natterday or Bud Light Lemonade. I will try to find both and uh, get back to you. Probably drink them at the same time and be like, well, this is a terrible idea. All right, well, uh, let's move on to the news then. Oh, shit, it's mail time. In case you haven't been following the Cuties saga... Uh, let's, let's lay it down for everybody. Let's lay down some track. Yeah. Um, Securities is the English title for a French movie originally titled Mignons. Good, good, good pronunciation. Mignon. Yeah. Uh, it's about an 11-year-old Senegalese Muslim girl who desires freedom from her family life, so she joins a dance troupe. It's directly from what you wrote there. Yes, that's the general Um, gist of it. So, basically, uh, Netflix's marketing team, like, super fucked up. Because the movie's supposed to be, like, uh, a coming-of-age drama about, like, girls trying to figure out and, like, navigate how, like, society sexualizes them as they're growing up. Uh, So, like, Netflix decided to make a bunch of posters that 
feature like these very young girls like hypersexualized. Yep. Which is not the point. Or like it's the wrong the wrong way to take the point, I guess. Yeah, that that's that's pretty much it. And uh everyone on the internet freaked the fuck out when they saw this poster. Even I saw the poster, I'm like, wait, what? What is this? And then I watched the trailer, I'm like, I I don't see the outrage. Uh, like, I'm going to be honest. Uh I saw so I had Ashley watch it too. Uh she saw the outrage. I was like, I mean, this looks like eleven year olds pretending to be older than they are because that's right. just what they do. Uh all and I feel like my brain is just wired to see like, oh, someone who looks obviously younger than eighteen, uh, no sexual chem no sexualization in my brain is happening. So I'm just like, eh, they're they're girls, like they're girls doing shit. Like what what's the problem here? <sighs> so yeah, Netflix uh changed all the posters and marketing and stuff for this and issued an apology and they're very sorry. We're sorry. We're sorry. That's actually ha- how it felt. Uh, like, uh, there's there's some theories going around online that this is exactly what Netflix intended. They intended outrage so people would talk about it. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, dude this this movie's getting way more press than it ever would have if they would have just released it quietly like they normally do with fucking everything. Yeah. So uh, I I wonder what numbers will look like for it whenever they release that. Uh, but. I'm be honest. It looks fine. Like based on the trailer, it looks fine. Like it looks like a fine girls coming of age story that I don't need to watch because I'm a guy. Like I don't get it, honestly. All right. Um, this is a quick story. Uh, Elizabeth Debicki got cast as Princess Diana for The Crown. That. <laughs> so, I I know you watched the first season. I'm just like, eh. uh. I still need to catch up on season three, but every time a casting announcement gets made for the show, I just go, holy fuck, how did they get this person? Like, this show is <laughs> prestige out of its fucking mind. Like, Olivia Coleman, after an Oscar win, getting cast as a, or might not have been, like, immediately after, but, like, I think she was announced, uh, like, before her Oscar win, but having her on uh, as, for season three as uh, Queen Elizabeth is incredible. And then you get uh, a woman who was, uh, oh fuck, what was her character in Harry Potter and the the Order of the Phoenix? She was the villain. She's she's but she's the queen. Uh, and then you get like Elizabeth Debicki in the role that I've been waiting for this series to come to because I I knew this was where they would finally end the series with like the Princess Diana shit because everything else is too re- too recent. That said, I would not be surprised to see a seventh and eighth season based on the. Uh, fucking uh Meghan Markle thing that that's going on because that's also interesting but uh I'm excited Elizabeth Bicky's really good except for in Cloverfield Paradox where everyone is just uh exists uh I guess this is tangentially related to the crown you know, I read something today that was kind of interesting um apparently like it's pretty likely that Queen Elizabeth II is a direct uh, genetic descendant of uh, Count Dracula. That'd be awesome, actually. Which, which is neat. Yeah, like her... Uh, was it her mother or grandmother was Queen Mary? Uh, and, like, it, people think that she's a direct descendant from Dra- uh, Lord uh, Vlad Dracula Tepish. 
I mean, that makes sense. I don't know if that's, I don't think that's his actual name, but no. that's what they call him on Castlevania, so. Uh, that makes sense, considering the fact that she is, like, a billion years old and is still alive, so. Yeah, and she's developed uh, Daywalker powers. Mm-hmm. So. Did you know that uh, Alucard's middle name is Fahrenheit? And if you spell it backwards, it's Celsius. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a really good joke. Uh, <laughs> this is dumb. This is a dumb show. It's true. Uh, speaking of dumb things, uh, Netflix is creating a drive-through Stranger Things theme park. Yeah, I know nothing about this, but apparently, like, they recreated the the Starcourt Mall and like. All kinds of sets and shit, but they're like big enough for you to drive your car through because you can't go to theme parks right now, but you can socially distance inside your car. Yeah. Actually, you can go to theme parks right now, which is a problem. And if you're going to theme parks right now, you're a cunt. (laughs) Uh, So this is only in L.A. because that's where everything happens with Netflix. They put everything in L.A. Well, everything happens in L.A. There's a lot of space in L.A. Uh, but So if you're somebody who lives in L.A. and are a Stranger Things fan, uh, you can check it out, I guess. Yeah. Or not. I'm not your boss. You do what you want. This is America. You're free to do whatever you want. All right. Uh, Patriot Act with Hassan Minaj has been canceled after six seasons. Dan, thoughts? I've never seen this show. I haven't seen this show either. I just find it strange that a daily show slash last last week tonight with John Oliver type show was canceled in the midst of the 2020 election. Yeah. I didn't think of that. I'm not saying there's a, a correlation. I'm just saying it's bizarre that a politically active show yeah, was like they don't want the ratings. Yeah. So yeah, really right. Cause like, it's a politically active show during a politically active time, so you would assume there'd be some sort of ratings like you would garner from this, but I don't know. Uh, that said, this is uh, another weekly show that has been canceled by Netflix, uh, and I'm at the point where I just want them to stop releasing weekly shows because it goes against everything they've ever built. Like they are the they are the yeah, the platform well... that. They keep trying to do it, and then they keep canceling it, like, prematurely. So it's like, either do it or don't, you know? But I think the thing is that they have people conditioned to expect all episodes at one time, and then, you know, you're you're able to watch it at one time at at your own pace, as opposed to, you know, it releasing, like, every Sunday, uh, and having to wait, like, seven weeks in order to get the whole thing. I did really like the Joel McHale show, but, like, they did that, like, they did a weekly show, and then they're like, well, we don't like that, so now we're just going to reach, release, like, a collection of episodes, and then, like, the the show kind of lost, like, the heart of what it was, mm-hmm. and then they're like, oh, this show sucks, and canceled it. And it's like, well, <laughs> all right. Yeah. The, their longest-running weekly show was, uh, and I'm bracing myself to hear the screaming, uh, the Chelsea Handler show that they had, which ran for, like, 60-something weeks. Re. I just want them to stop. The, it, they either, A, clearly don't care about them uh, enough to let them have the ability to be a weekly show, or, B, uh, 
don't understand how to promote weekly content. Uh, and I'm more likely leaning to B because it's Netflix and I don't trust their marketing department. So, I mean, just, just stop. It's over. You, you tried. Uh, you failed because you don't know what you're doing. So, move on. Go back to putting out binge content. It's fine. It's fine. Just fine. All right. Uh, this is for all you film fans. Uh, the Irishman is receiving a Criterion release in November. Uh, the cover is actually kind of cool. Uh, I don't know why that wasn't the poster in the first place, but the Criterion cover is great. Uh, I will not be getting this Criterion because uh, I don't care about this movie. And I won't be getting it either. So there it is. This was in, uh, I think, was it Hollywood Reporter? Yeah, the Hollywood Reporter uh, did an interview with the the Duffer Brothers. And there's some, like, sort of interesting stuff about how they learned how to do things creatively, like, why season two was a bit of a downer as opposed to seasons one and three. That's because they learned uh, going forward. Uh, but the the big information, and this directly relates to something you've said previously on the show, is that season four will not be the end of Stranger Things. Hooray! Question mark? So, of course, Netflix is going to come along after season four and be like, that's it. <laughs> so it's over. We're done. <laughs> yeah. Uh... Well, they got to build more uh, drive-through theme park attractions. So, in the middle of COVID, I mean, uh, wh- what better way to to get people to? I don't, I don't. I'm gonna be real. I don't understand the theme park attraction in the middle of COVID. Why? But you don't have to get out of your car, Dan. It doesn't matter. Stay in your fucking house. Charge people like twenty bucks for like a digital ticket, so that way they can like. And set up like three D three sixty cameras to have people like walk through that way. I think that's cooler. That's a better idea. But hey, what do I know? I actually don't know anything. I, that's that's probably a terrible idea. If you wore VR goggles and uh, had them show a video feed from a drone that was programmed to follow you from like three feet behind you, you could live your life in third person. I'll just play Gears of War. Mm-hmm. Then you would know if you were properly utilizing cover. <laughs> and then I'd yell, uh, Razor Hail all the time. And, uh, anytime I'd hit the active reload button, I'd go, shit, yeah. <laughs> uh, I own the first three Gears of War games, but I've only ever played the first one, and I never finished it. Oh, that's a shame. I like those. I like those games. Yeah. I uh I've always meant to like go back and actually play through them but just haven't made a point of doing it. Uh I remember playing the first one basically on launch and I was like holy fuck this game is gorgeous. And I go back to it now and I'm like holy fuck this game is so 2006. Yeah. Yeah, that's the biggest barrier for entry for me right now. It gets talked about a lot but like 8-bit and 16-bit games typically age better than uh, polygonal games for whatever reason, uh, mainly because poly- like polygons, as time goes on, you can fit more polygons into onto more screens, and anything with less polygons looks like or fewer polygons looks like garbage. Yeah. Uh, the society and I am not okay with this have been canceled due to COVID-related production issues. I saw this and I just went, why? But if there's COVID-related production issues, why wouldn't you just push back production? 
Like to me, that doesn't make any sense. Like everything's getting like a lot of productions are probably being pushed back due to COVID. So like, why wouldn't you just you know push this back? And someone brought up online the point of like these are teen related shows, so it's possible they're going to age out of the teen roles. Yeah, uh, which makes sense. But even still, like, why wouldn't you just push back production? Instead of just straight up canceling uh, the society, which you actually had picked up for a second season, and and then reversed the decision because of COVID, and then I am not okay with this. Apparently, wrote its second season uh, and was ready to go for production uh, when they canceled it. So, um, I wouldn't be shocked if these move to somewhere else, like. Uh, Hulu, for instance, I, I think Hulu would take these in a heartbeat and be be fine with it. But uh, I, I'm just confused, I may, and maybe I just have no idea of like the actual production landscape of this at this point. But it, I'm just I don't understand this decision. Yeah, I don't know it. It seems rough out there. So who knows? They'll build theme parks, but they won't push production <laughs> on shows. I don't get it. All right, and that brings us to downstream. Baby, I can't control the internet. That's my favorite line! Uh, our first trailer is for a series called The Duchess. Uh, it's about shitty parents, or as I like to call them, parents. I thought you were going to say, my life. <laughs> I don't know, this is a, a comedy mm-hmm. about the struggles of parenthood. Which I have no connection to, and right. I do not find this interesting. It could be good. Uh, it, it stars Catherine Ryan, like she created, wrote, and uh, executive produced the whole thing. So, of course, if uh, if this bomb should alternate version of her will be like, oh, I wrote and directed it. <laughs> we were just watching the trailer for your dad, Citizen Kane. <laughs> um. The the joke at the end of the trailer is the best one. Uh, so if you if you want to flash forward, it's 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 basically she's like she talks about like how hard it is to be a good parent. Uh, meanwhile, she's wearing a shirt that says "World's Smallest Pussy." I'm, I just kind of lost it. I thought I thought that was a tremendous joke, but uh, looks fine. Looks like it could be good. It doesn't look like it's my speed though. So did you know that? A blue whale's vagina is large enough that uh, a fully grown uh, human male can uh, stand up inside it. Did you know that Whale Lord and Skitty are in the same egg group? That's weird. That makes a, a blue whale's vagina the world's largest pussy except for you. I hate you. Let's move on to the next trailer. <laughs> uh, chef's Table Barbecue. I put this on here because it's all about meat, and you don't eat meat. So, so really, I just, I just trolled you. I've never had barbecue. It looks fine. Uh, I think the most interesting thing was that somebody was like barbecuing vegetables. I was like, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, I'll watch that episode. Yeah, uh, it's it's more about food. Uh, so, if you guys like food and watching food get cooked, this is the show for you. Uh, and, and this is actually where the, the Cuties trailer would come up. So is there anything else you want to talk about with the Cuties trailer? Uh, uh, otherwise, we'll just move on. I don't know. It looks fine. Um, yeah, I don't really get 
the weird marketing attempt with it, but okay. Uh, that'll move us on to our final trailer, uh, titled "Love Guaranteed." It's a movie. French is the language of love. Unfortunately, nobody speaks French in this movie, at least as far as I no. know. Uh, I-, I pulled a Caleb with this. I watched a minute and a half of this trailer and just went, "Man, this could be. This seems like it could be funny." But then the trailer went on for another uh, minute and a half, and I was like, holy fuck, why is this trailer so long? Like, it should just end with them awkwardly standing in front of the elevator, waiting for them to leave. Yeah. Um, so it's about a guy who tries to sue a dating website because he didn't find love after, like, 980 dates. Yep. Uh, and then him and his lawyer person... Uh, start dating, which is really unprofessional. Extraordinarily unprofessional. Uh, regardless, uh, this looks fine. It's got Damon Wayans in it. Yep. Uh, and that's it. That's all the trailers. Yeah. So uh, with that, let's uh, slide on over into the DMs and talk about some quick hits. <laughs> Uh, I'll go first. I watched uh, The Legend of Korra. Okay. And by I watched The Legend of Korra, I mean I fucking watched all four seasons because I got really into it. And that's all I did on my days off this week. Wait, really? Really, really. I'm impressed. That's that's like some rabbit ears, like OG rabbit ears run dedication. Yeah. Um. I don't know. It's uh, 13 episodes per season, four seasons. So. Oh, that's not that bad. See, no, it's it's not like uh, Last Airbender, where it was like 27, 28 episode seasons. Oh, no, they're only 20. Oh, okay. Well, shit, that's not yeah. that bad. No, n- neither um, series is that bad. It's just like getting through it. But Legend of Korra, it, it's like a definite departure from Last Airbender, and I do feel like they were trying to catch that uh, crowd that watched the last airbender when they were young and like catch them as they were like teens. Uh, cause it's more, it's definitely more mature vibes. Um, sure. and rather than like a monolithic, like overarching story, uh, it's like each season deals with one, uh, specific villain or issue that Korra is dealing with. Uh, which is interesting. It's, it's, just like a, a series of like smaller tales in this world. Um, the aesthetic's a lot different. Like uh, it was more like tribal slash feudal societies mm-hmm. like during Last Airbender. And now like a hundred years later, it's basically steampunk industrial revolution type aesthetic. Like they have cars and shit. Wow, um, that's... That's quite a lot of technological advances in that time. Yeah, yeah, big departure, actually. I I wouldn't have been mad if they would have skipped, like, three or four Avatar cycles to really get it there, but sure. Right. And, like, a lot of the characters from Last Airbender show up throughout the series, like Katara is in it as an old lady. Uh, Zuko is now retired, and his daughter is the new Fire Lord, but he's in the show. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't want to give too much away, but like, there's some beloved fan favorite characters who come back. I don't know. They also do the, like they uh, do a lot more world building. Like, you kind of get um, 
an origin story for the world. So it shows like the first avatar and how he became the first avatar and like why there is an avatar. Oh, okay. That's cool. Uh, which, which was really neat. And like, um, yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I like this show a lot. Yeah. We will definitely get to it whenever we finish the last airbender. Season three though. Chef's kiss. It's amazing. Because, okay. like I said, it's uh, like each season kind of deals with its own problems, but like season three deals with the fallout of what happened in uh, season two. Mm-hmm. And like a lot more people, uh, because of what happened in season two, like people spontaneously develop bending, uh, including like some of the world's most notorious criminals. So there's uh, a group of criminals, and like each one of them is a a bender of like a different element and uh the one who's a waterbender is really fucking cool because uh she's actually like missing both of her arms and uses her waterbending as prosthetic arms interesting yeah real cool oh also uh like i said it's like industrial revolution steampunky and mm-hmm. uh there's cars and stuff uh there's also mech suits they build like a fucking Liberty Prime giant robot, but that's kind of Wait, a spoiler. Wait, you're telling me we have fucking Gundam in the goddamn Avatar universe? Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, and also there's like an entire society of metal benders. I remember, uh, it, what was it? It was like the, either the penultimate or the finale episode of season two. Where yeah, where I- Toph learned how to metal bend. Well... Anecdotally, Ashley was like, I, I don't, I don't remember what she was doing, but she was not paying attention. And I'm like, you gotta watch, you have to watch this. This is very important. What she's about to do, uh, and then she breaks out of the prison. Like that is the first metal bender. That right there. So uh, that is a very significant thing, and you have to remember this because this is very important. Also, that's edited very well because uh, you have Guru Patik talking about that, uh, like how like metal is basically an element of earth. And then you see Toph do it, and I'm like, ah, mm-hmm. okay, that's, that's really that's really slick. I see yeah, what you're doing. Yeah, the whole sequence is really good. Um, also the uh, the chief of police in the main city that they're in is uh, Toph's daughter, and she can also do like the uh, radar sense, like feel through the ground where people are and stuff, that which is real sense. cool. I yeah. assume she isn't blind though, but that makes perfect sense. All right, and I also watched a uh, Netflix original documentary series called High Score. Uh, this popped up in things that were suggested for me, and it's about video games. Um, so it's just kind of about the history of video games. Like the first episode's about um, like Atari and the arcade craze, mm-hmm. and then they talk about the ET game and how it kind of killed that. <laughs> so then the second episode. Uh, was about Nintendo and how they kind of brought it back, and then they do an mm-hmm. episode about Sega and how they decided to take on Nintendo. Sega, and then like they kind of go through like generations of like what the what the craze was with uh, interactive video entertainment. So uh, there's an episode where they talk about like the rise of role playing games as a popular genre and like how. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons led into that, and that became like the first, like text adventure games. And then somebody had the 
genius idea to add graphics to it and created Ultima. And uh, I don't know. It's neat. All right, so if you're somebody who's like interested in video games and want to know the history about video games, this is this is the thing. Yeah, it's a fairly entertaining and fairly well-made documentary, if you are into that. Do you remember the G4 television show Code Monkeys? I do. I love Code Monkeys. Code Monkeys is great. Uh, and I remember the episode about E.T. Like, when you talk about E.T., I was like, oh, yeah, they're... They, get they juice. Do- <laughs> uh if you can find code monkeys anywhere good luck i don't actually i'm wondering if it's anywhere available on anything but uh code monkeys is a great show about uh video game programmers and how they're fucking nerds yeah and the theme song is by jonathan colton uh why don't i know that why do i know that name like why why uh, should cause I... he wrote the song from portal oh oh it's on peacock really it's on peacock Huh. Does NBC own G4? Uh, maybe? G4. American Television Network. Uh, that is owned by G4 Media, a joint venture between NBC Universal Cable Division hmm. uh, and Dish Network. I did not know that. Okay. Well, that makes perfect sense then. So, yeah. Uh, I think Peacock's free with ads, so like Hulu was. We uh, we need to stop talking about G4 television, because this will turn into a rant about how much I hate Olivia Munn. Oh, okay. <laughs> sure. Uh, Attack of the Show was great, though. Regardless, uh, let's move on to what I watched this week. Uh, this is cleanup for uh, my episode with Paul. Uh, of my top 100 movies of all time, uh, movies 71 to 80. Uh, but reg- that comes out some at some point. I don't know when. Uh, you'll find it on social media if you follow us. Uh, if you follow us at Netflix and Swill. So uh, I watched Django Unchained again. This is, uh, nice. Does it hold up? Yes, it does. Uh, Christoph Waltz and like the acting overall is just amazing. I mean, Christoph Waltz like. He's like the perfect actor for a Quentin Tarantino movie because he's just so goddamn charming the whole time. Like, uh, if he was cast in nothing but Quentin Tarantino movies for the rest of his life, I'd be fine with it. I mean, Hans Landa, obviously iconic, but uh, I I find his character, who I I can't remember his name right now, so he'd just be referred to as Christoph Waltz, uh, just delightful. Uh, So, uh, Jamie Foxx, he's good. I like him a lot. I mean, like I said yeah. last week, he's super charming in almost everything. Uh, I I love him especially when he has, like he goes super super bounty hunter uh, at the end and just starts blow, like blowing through yeah. people. I couldn't help myself. Um, do you remember how pissed off Spike Lee was at this movie? No. Yeah, I guess he came out against Tarantino in a big way. Like when this came out, and he was. Saying, like, you know, slavery is not a spaghetti western, and, like, Tarantino has no business making a movie about it, so. Okay, sure. But I don't have a retort. I just, it's okay, sure. Like, that's your opinion. I I feel like that's an opinion thing, as opposed to, like, a declarative fact. Uh, I don't know. It it is what it is. Spike Lee's always been kind of a controversial guy, so. I mean, he does, I mean, like I said, uh, when we reviewed The uh, Five Bloods, most people know him as the guy that stands up in, at courtside and screams at Knicks games. So, 
I mean, I, I'm going to be honest. That's how I knew him for the longest time. Because uh, I'd watch, like, Sports Center before I went to school, uh, in high school. And, like, every time the Knicks highlights would show up, there's Spike Lee screaming at somebody courtside. And I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? Why do you keep showing him? Get the f- get him the fuck out of here. And I was like, oh, he's he's an acclaimed director. Okay. I just knew him from uh, the reference in the movie Major Pain, uh, where he's like, look at all the little people who've done big things, like the little rascals, Spike Lee, or the little engine that could. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, With Django Unchained, also, the the weird thing, and it's, I guess, ironic, but... uh, I have a comparison to Willy Wonka that you'll never understand, but it's the fact that Candyland doesn't happen until uh, almost exactly halfway through the movie. Like we don't we don't get introduced oh, yeah. to Calvin Candy until halfway through, and Leo's just delicious. Uh, and in Reddit today, I learned uh, trivia fact: he actually cut himself when he smashed that glass on the table when he pounded it. So he's doing that entire scene with a bloody hand. Yep. It's awesome. Yeah, DiCaprio is amazing. So many fucking great characters in this movie. Mm-hmm. Samuel L. Jackson is Steven, who, like, I never, like, I wasn't paying attention the first time I watched it, but whenever, like, every, all the white people are dead in uh, at Candyland, and he, like, ditches his cane and stands up straight, like, he's been faking this whole time, old time that, like, he's, like, oh, yeah. not broken down, but, like, uh, like, He's he's playing the part of like the the magical old black man who takes care of his master. Yeah, and and like you you watch him stand up like he he stands up straight, removes the cane, walks fine. And I'm like, holy shit! I did not realize that the first time. So that was yeah. pretty fucking. That was an awesome you, moment. You don't always realize it because he's always screaming motherfucker. But Samuel L. Jackson is a very very good actor. Yeah. Uh, he also was an usher at Martin Luther King Jr.'s funeral, or it might have been Malcolm X's funeral. I can't remember my history. Should we just rename this episode to Reddit's Today I Learned? Steve Buscemi was a firefighter on 9-11. He really was! Yeah. <laughs> I learn a lot of things on Reddit and then forget uh, a lot of the details. Oh, I mean that's the way it always is. The, they always put like the the grabbiest. It, it's yeah. Reddit is a microcosm of media. Look yeah. at this ad. So yeah, uh, in case you're wondering, Tarantino makes good movies. Uh his movies are fine. Ooh, that's a that's a controversial opinion. What's your favorite of his? I'm curious because mine's Pulp Fiction. I don't think I've ever watched Pulp Fiction the whole way through. Oh, wow. Okay. I think I've seen all of it, just not consecutively. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fairly new convert to Tarantino. Uh, probably Hateful Eight. Hateful Eight was very good. Well, I mean, it's almost exactly like The Thing, but also set in a Western yeah, it, setting. Yeah, like it's almost identical to my favorite movie, so. That, like that, thematically, at least. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. Uh, actually, I think last year I finally finished like watching all the Tarantino movies, uh, even before Once Upon a Time in Hollywood came out. Then I watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and I was like, "Holy fuck! Why? Do, why does this movie exist?" Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. 
that's my hot take is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is not a good movie, and I don't understand why you all are gushing about it. It's better than the movies we've been getting this year, that's, which is none. That's that's true. Uh, that'll move me on to my next movie that I watched, Train to Busan. Uh, this is the movie that uh, no one's marketing department uh, has marketed, but Paul from The Countdown has talked about, and that's the only reason anyone in the West has ever heard about it. That's where I heard about it. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's where I heard about it, too. I think that's... Every, pretty much everyone in our circle has heard Paul evangelize about this movie. Uh, so uh, just go listen to his thoughts about it. I don't know where the fuck they are, but uh, he has thoughts on them, and uh, he's basically the reason uh, anyone... like I, I found this on Netflix and was like, and I watched it and like, oh my god, this movie's great. Uh, this movie is great. Uh, it, I think its main flaw is that it relies a bit too much on visual effects. Uh, in that, like, there's, like, anytime you have, like, a bunch of zombies, it's like, oh, this is obviously computer-generated. But, like, they also do, like, a lot of practical effects, but then there's also the, the cool thing at the end where, uh, like, a bunch of zombies, like, grab on to each other on, a, on like, this, this train car that's yeah. going away. Uh, that's CGI-enhanced, and you can tell. Like, anytime they use visual effects, you can blatantly tell. But other times, when they're not using them, and they're using practical zombies and people like contorting themselves and like if they're using sped up footage, so that's fine. I'm fine with that kind of thing, but like because you need to like establish a creep factor to it. Uh, regardless, like when they're using practical stuff, it's great. Uh, all the main characters basically get like a story arc. Even the villain kind of gets a story arc. Like you are wondering why he's such an asshole, and it's because like he's selfish and he wants to get home to his mom, or at least it's presented that way uh, at, at his demise. So uh, if you have not watched Train to Busan, it is on Netflix. I think it's been on Netflix since the first time I watched it. Like, I don't remember it ever leaving. So uh, please watch it on Netflix. Justin from Epic Film, guys. <laughs> I think my favorite scene in the movie is when they have to fight their way through the train car that's just full of zombies. Um. Yeah, and then they uh, like very quickly discover that the zombies stop chasing them if like they can't see them. Like they're it's basically based off of like sound. Uh, I mean, like yeah. they can't see, but they don't have like night vision or something like that. Yeah, I like. Uh, I don't know. Zombies are like so overdone, but like I like that they have their own little in- idiosyncrasies in different movies. So yeah. Thanks, George Romero. All right, uh, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk about our featured review for the week, The Platform. The Netflix and Swole podcast is brought to you by our patrons, Gerald from Two Peas on the podcast, Nick and Justin from the Epic Film Guys podcast, Paul from the Countdown Movie and TV Reviews podcast, the IMDb Journey podcast, Julio from the Contrarians podcast, Ashley Gorski from the Rabbit Ears TV podcast, Nate Wade from the Everyone Has a Story podcast, Bill Sutton, James Delarosa, Ben Kiefer, Chris Yaney, Brianna Petty, and Dan's mom. If you would like to become a patron of the show, find us at patreon.com slash Netflix and Swill. In order to reach a wider audience, the show needs Apple Podcast reviews. To leave us a review, follow the link in the show notes or search for the show on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for listening and helping us grow. Our audience is at the heart of everything we do. You make the one-star movies worth it. Welcome back, everybody. Caleb, it is time to talk about 
our main review topic for the week, The Platform. The Platform is a 2019 horror sci-fi thriller film uh, originally titled El Hoyo. This is Spanish? Yes. Uh, hooray. It is a 7 out of 10 on IMDb. Uh, significantly better than Tall Girl. <laughs> a vertical prison with one cell per level, two people per cell, only one food platform, and two minutes per day to feed from up to down. An endless nightmare trapped in the hole. That's a terrible synopsis. It's very bad. Whoever wrote that for IMDb fucking sucks. Uh, it's a prison movie. It's uh, also smart filmmaking because it's a single location movie and the location is incredibly drab. And you yeah. can just reuse the same cell over and over and kind of dress it up slightly different. Yeah. So very... I would I would say low budget, but that like that sounds like I'm bashing it. Yes. I would say like they used their limited budget very smartly. Smartly is not a word. It's good enough. Uh efficiently. Perfect. Uh so I saw this movie earlier this year, uh basically around release time, and uh so I don't want to hear what I hear have to say about it. I want to hear what you think about the platform. Uh, it's basically trickle down economics. The movie. Yes. This is like, uh, this is a movie about why Reagan was a fucking idiot and the worst <laughs> president ever, and everybody who says that he was is a fucking moron because you're stupid and brainwashed, and uh, you believed all of the propaganda that he paid for with his rich Hollywood actor money. Um, Ronald Reagan, the actor. <laughs> uh, so. It this movie's very smartly paced. Uh like it it starts him out kind of in the middle of this like shit show of like so they load up a big fucking cart with food, mm -hmm. they lower it down through each level, it stops at each level for two minutes, and like uh the people up top can just like piss and shit down the hole while everybody's trying to eat. And like so the people in at the top like gorge themselves. The people in the middle get like the scraps, and the people at the bottom get nothing. Mm -hmm. Uh so late stage capitalism. Yeah. Um, but you stay in your level for a month, and then they move you to a different level. Uh so he starts out like in the middle. The things are fine. He does fine. Not great. Not terrible. He just gets by. Uh, and then he ends up going, like, way the fuck down to where, like, they won't get any food. Um, And that's where, like, the, like, in a very literal sense, uh, the cellmates start to prey on each other. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is why... Crime rates are so high in low-income areas. Yeah. I guess is what they're saying. Uh, it's more nuanced than that, but uh, poverty breeds crime, basically. Uh, yeah. Um, and then they, like, he gets through that, and then it's like, hey, you're, uh, like, very, very close to the top, like, level six. Yeah. Um, 
and that's where like he kind of has the enough of the bullshit and is like you know what i'm gonna lead a fucking revolution and we're gonna flip this entire system on its head and send these bastards a message yeah in between that i mean like i i think the first 10 minutes are perfect like uh they explain the whole concept between a conversation between the two cellmates very quickly uh, and efficiently because it also you know gives you characterization like hey this guy brought a fucking book into a prison uh and this guy mm-hmm. this guy is like uh in the middle of a sentence and this guy brought a knife uh, he brought the samurai plus because <laughs> who doesn't need a samurai plus but regardless like you get like their characterization in like this 10 minute sequence that also sets up what their world and what their situation is uh and, and like from that kind of perspective this is very smart uh i do have a problem because like you said this is basically trickle down economics and classism the movie uh and it's very obvious or uh, as i say in the movie obvio uh that that's what it is and it never really changes from that like it's basically like a mirror of society and that's fine yeah. but like I kind of wish there was something more to this movie than just being like holding up a mirror and saying, hey, look, this is what we go through every day, just in a more obvious sense. Yeah. Um, but like this movie is philosophically interesting. Like it. It gets you thinking about that if you've never thought about that, because I feel like a, like most people just kind of go through the motions and never question like why society is what it is they Mm. just grow up like oh this is the way things are and this is the way they always will be and i'm just i'm just doing it uh and it's not really a good way to live your life like you have to be a bit smarter than that Mm -hmm. like even even if you're not really like able to change stuff like at least understanding the world I think makes you just a better person inherently, so you basically covered a lot of my thoughts on this. It's like I I think philosophically it's it's interesting because like the like our, our main character, Goring, he he is introduced to this world and he's at level forty eight and he's doing fine, but when he moves to a lower level, that's where shit gets real for him and you know, he starts yeah. Being like, how could anybody put themselves in this kind of prison? Like, how could anybody do this to themselves? So he starts to, like, I don't know, like, he has, like, ideals. He's like, hey, I'm going to try to change the system from, from down here. And it's like, well, you can't do that. So then when he gets moved back up, uh, he he's, like, kind of defeated. And this woman who gets put in there with him becomes the idealist of, like, hey, let's ration everything. Let's be, let's you know, let's make sure everybody has something. Uh, and, and the guys below her like fuck that. I want to gorge on my shit because yeah, it's the, the upper class. Like they they want to they want to be you know, they they want their everything they can eat as opposed to just what they need to eat. I really like like I don't know if I necessarily agree with um like the conclusion that this movie makes. Where like because at that point they're pretty high in the society. Mm-hmm. And they try to affect change in their society through education, which does not work at all. Uh, But then, like, later in the film, uh, he's with a new cellmate, and they're even higher in the society. And they decide to affect change on that society through uh, 
force of will slash physically forcing people uh, to bend to what their ideals are. Right. Um, and are wildly successful at that, I would say. And I like when they come down to that one cell and he, he talks about like the uh, Baharat, the guy he's with, talks about like the, the guy who's the wise man who's in the wheelchair. He's like, mm-hmm. don't 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 scream at them. Don't physically, you know, try to intimidate them. Try speaking to them nicely. And then they go on the next level and they get fucked up. And it's like, well, that that sure worked. Yeah. Because people it's are like, fucking uh, monsters. It's like Teddy Roosevelt said, you speak softly, but carry a big stick. Because, yeah. like, some people respond well to the carrot. Some people respond well to the stick. But you have to be willing to use the stick. Uh. What so? I think the the final thing to really talk about because like I think we've got into a, a lot of the philosophical elements. Uh, the the ending of the movie. So actually, like we'll talk about like like the last twenty minutes. So if you don't want to be spoiled by the platform, go ahead, skip forward. Uh, I I recommend watching this because I think it's heady enough and uh, that you can get something out of it, especially during quarantine time if you're still doing that. Uh, what what say you? Yeah, I would recommend this. Thank Let me you. just play the ending for you. No, no, I don't want to see how it ends. Okay, I could describe it. Um, imagine you're in a room. No, no, like... no, 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 I don't want to know how it ends. I haven't seen the beginning. Uh, yeah, yet. but the ending is awesome. So if I could Son just play the bitch, this is what you always do. You always spoil stuff uh, for me. No, I don't. And if I could just play the ending for you real quick, then we'll discuss that. Motherfucker, you always spoil everything before I get a chance okay, to see Okay, you it. sound like a crazy person right now. Uh, so, the last 20 minutes, basically, they, they go down from, like, level 6... Uh, and uh, they meet the wise man. The wise man's like, "Yo, if you take up this delicious dessert that no one's that's completely untouched, uh, maybe maybe the people at the top will get it. That you know, this isn't a humane way for the system to behave." Mm-hmm. Uh, and eventually, they run into this girl, like this little girl who's probably about like maybe ten, who's in the prison system, despite the fact that she shouldn't be, uh, and. They give her a good, the good gesture of letting her eat the, the panna cotta. And then they're like, well, wait, she's the message. Uh, and, you know, uh, they send her back up. And the movie basically cuts to black at, at, on her way up. Uh, I know people have a yeah. problem with this ending because it doesn't offer any hope. But what do you think? So that that is one of two interesting things about this movie that uh, we don't get an answer to. Like... The first being, does anybody actually ever really make it out of this prison? Because everybody that we see in it that we're introduced to dies there. That's um, a good point. I didn't think about but that. But yeah, the the second thing is, what, uh, you know, did that actually affect any change on this society? Um, which I think that's a very intentional thing. And like, th- the answer to it is that I don't know. And that's kind of the point that they're making from my read of the movie is that you never know if what you're doing is actually good or not. You just have to try. Yeah, that's that's we're so good. Like we we so got it in one. But yeah, like I 100 percent agree. Like it doesn't. The point is, is that you sent the message. It doesn't matter what the the mm-hmm. repercussions of the mes- message are. Like what what changes are affected because of the message. What matters is that you sent it. Yeah. yeah, a man has a duty to stand up and be counted. And the other part of the ambiguity is that we don't know. Like maybe the girl gets sent up and everyone just goes, 
oh, that's sad. And they take her out and they treat her well for like 30 seconds. And then society just <laughs> continues to go on as it normally does because yeah. that's the way society is. Or maybe because like the platform rises back up with like extreme speed. Maybe she just gets fucking yeeted into the ceiling and is killed on impact. Yeah. Who knows? But I think that, I think that's the most beautiful part of the movie is that, you know, they tried. They tried to send a message and, you know, we and don't know if it. it works. They did the thing. Yeah. W- their goal was to send a message and maybe affect change. Because that's the way, so- like, as I said before, this is holding up a mirror to society of saying, like, we're. I mean, we're currently going through a Black Lives Matter. Like, so many black people are murdered by police. And we're saying, hey, look, maybe we should hold police more accountable. And there are people saying, no, 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 black people should just stop being criminals. And it's like, well, that's not the point. You're not listening. Yeah. Yeah. And I uh, and I had to move to Ohio, which is a, a shithole. Yeah. And uh, people here have very strong opinions about Black Lives Matter. And uh, I can't wait to fucking leave this place forever and uh, continue talking shit about how Ohio is the worst state. <laughs> it's true. So, uh, is there anything else you want to say about the platform? I don't know necessarily that I'll ever revisit this film. Sure. But I'm glad that I watched it. It it is heavy-handed. It's not, you know, a perfect film by any means. But, like, uh, this definitely is a recommend for me. Like, it's, it's interesting and it's deep enough to, like, really, um... To really get the gears turning, and it's and it's fairly well made. Like mm-hmm. I said, within their, I would assume, restrictive budget. Yeah, and I mean, like uh, they do, they do do some inventive things. Like uh, there, there's that one panel on the wall that shows like the the number, and it feels like that's easily replaceable. And they just put up different numbers, and they show mm-hmm. like it's very smart in how it handles the like its structure. Uh that said, I, 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 like I said, I think its biggest flaw is that it's so obvious in, in what it's doing. And maybe right. that's good for some people because it gets a conversation going. But for me, because it's so obvious and I already agree with the messages that the movie is saying, I feel like it's a bit too heavy handed. All right. Uh, what would you rate this bad boy? Uh, I gave it a three. Now that said, it would probably be like three three point two five. Honestly, like I I recommend this well enough to everybody. Uh, even though like obviously, it being a seven out of ten on IMDb, it's not like the greatest thing. But I I think it says a lot of things that people need to hear right now. Yeah, um, I'm gonna give this a three and a half. The mm-hmm. uh. The the IMDb rating of a flat seven stars out of ten feels about right. Yeah. So on our scale, that's a three and a half. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I liked it. It was pretty good. Well, I'm glad. I I, I had. I think I had. I'm, I'm not going to say I had you worried that we were going to watch work it this week, but uh, I'm glad I went from a uh, stupid popcorn thing to uh possibly heady drama. Although I don't agree at all with sci-fi. Them saying sci-fi in the fucking genre makes no sense to me whatsoever. It's sci-fi in the sense that it's not something that literally exists in the world today. I mean, 
sure. I don't consider them sci-fi. <laughs> I like. I love how like your one object that you take into the prison, which we didn't really discuss this a lot, but like you get to take an object into prison with you, and like he chose a book because he wanted to read Don Quixote. Mm-hmm. Um, but like. Fucking, you could just take whatever. Like, one dude has a samurai sword. Yeah, one guy has a surfboard. So, uh, I guess we'll leave with that. What would be your one object? Hmm. A fleshlight. <laughs> uh, that's that's fair. Um, I don't actually know. I think it would be a Kindle, because then I could actually read. Because like, I haven't read in a long time. Like I read like articles and and such, but like I would like to read a book again and and not feel distracted by my television all the time. Or maybe, uh, maybe my one object would be like uh, a fruit bearing plant, like a tomato plant or something. Interesting. That I could nurture and then uh, produce extra food. Interesting. Fuck you! I broke the system. <laughs> Get fucked, everybody. I'm going to bring a pumpkin. <laughs> Suck a dick, dumb shits. All right. Well, I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, fuck it. If if somebody can bring a fucking dog, why can't I bring a plant? Yeah, right. That was, that, well, I mean, that, like, who brings a fucking book? Who brings a fucking dog? Uh, yeah. Obviously, that dog was going to die. Obvio. Yeah. Spoilers. They do kill. They do kill the dog in this. Oh, yeah. Uh. Although you don't see it, you see the aftermath, which is fine. But uh, yes, a dog dies in this movie. So actually, if you, if you're somebody who doesn't like that, uh, I'm sorry. But uh, every time that every time uh, his his first cellmate would say Obvio, I thought of Julio because his Twitter handle is uh, Ovnio. Oh yeah. Uh, I watched this with the English dub, so. Oh. Yeah, I watched it in Spanish. Yeah. So now I know the word for obviously. I don't, I don't know if it's uh Oh, yeah, that's the other thing I learned from IMDb is that they say obvio 26 times in the film. <laughs> I love that. That's like cuz normally you get like fuck counters in movies and in this movie you get an obvio counter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's like a setting that I have on Netflix or what, but like all of my shit always auto plays in English. Because there was something else like that that you watched in German, but for me it just played in English, like, from the start. Oh, I gotta remember, but yeah. It might have been Blood Glacier. Oh yeah, it was, holy fuck, you remember Blood Glacier? You remember Blood Glacier? Man, uh, is that still on Netflix? Oh, I hope so. We should revisit it. Yeah. Now that I've watched, um, now that I've actually watched the thing. It's not. It's on Sling TV, which is apparently a streaming service. <laughs> uh, man, if you guys haven't seen Blood Glacier, you should you should seek it out. That's uh, I I watched it and went like this is fine, and Caleb watched it and went this is a an infinitely worse version of the thing. Fuck this movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right, so uh, now that we're done talking about Blood Glacier for 30 seconds, it's time to cut into a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about a patron requester review for Terrifier. 
Get ready for the new sitcom Balls a Crowd. Everything was coming up roses for Bradley and Cameron until... I could just lie here with you in our home forever. I think we should see other people. And if that wasn't tragic enough... Rent has gone up higher than annual passes at Disney World. They have a plan. Turning this place into a brothel. We could get a roommate. And to Allison and Dylan. Your endless sexual escapades. A whole new mini to home office. Join these 30-somethings as they face the challenges of balancing careers and dating after 29. Welcome back, everybody. Caleb, it is time to get into a patron-requested review topic for Terrifier. Well, fine, if you don't want my money. You mean, if we watch terrible movies, you'd give us money? Well, sure. Mr. Caleb, welcome to the patron review segment. Terrifier was requested by Gerald Mm -hmm. from Two Peas on the Podcast. Thank you, Gerald. Go check out Two Peas on the Podcast. Um, It is a 2016 British horror thriller film. Uh, Clocks in at one hour and 22 minutes and is a 5.6 out of 10 on IMDb. On Halloween night, Tara Hayes finds herself as the obsession of a sadistic murderer known as Art the Clown. Uh, So... I feel like our opinions on this might differ wildly. <laughs> so what do you think? All right. So I'm shocked that this is British. Because uh, it looks like it's filmed in L.A. So I guess I, I, I might be wrong uh, there. Um, look, this is fine. This is ultimately a fine movie. Uh, none of the actors, except for the guy playing Art the Clown, are any good at all. Uh, but I, while the, the practical effects are cheesy and everything looks cheap, uh, in terms of bloodlust, uh, my bloodlust was satiated because this fucking movie goes for it in a lot of areas. Yeah, it's an absolute gore fest. So if you're into that, like this is going to scratch that itch. itch. Um, for what it's worth, I actually thought for what the budget of this was like the practical effects were very good like uh what was the budget I'm, i didn't look that up yeah i don't know um let me see if imdb lists a budget for it like it's this isn't like a main like big studio oh no not at all i'm thinking uh, like less... eight hundred thousand is their estimated budget oh, for that. that oh man that's it's not even a million that's I, I don't know that feels too expensive for this movie though i don't know like uh, I don't know, man. You know how fucking hard it is to even get permits to shoot a movie. I guess that's true. Oh, see, I'm seeing a hundred thousand, and that sounds more right than eight hundred thousand. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Less than a million, though. Yeah, like uh, like far far worse movies have been made for like tens of millions. Oh well, I mean, yes. Look at Blood Glacier. Yeah, look at the last Airbender. <laughs> there is no last Airbender movie in Lake um, Lau Guy. <laughs> uh, this movie is art. This is like the highest realization of cinema. This is everything we've been striving for as a society for all this time. This movie's fantastic. I mean, sure. <laughs> no, uh, um, I I did think that it was quite good. Um. It knows what it is. It leans into it. 
there's there's one very specific problem that I have with it, and okay. one thing that was kind of disappointing. Okay. That I will get that I will get into in good time, but um, I really really did enjoy uh the character of Art the Clown, mm-hmm. uh, played by David Howard Thornton. Yeah, that dude uh, good goes fucking for job. It. Yeah, that that like, character's awesome. Honestly, it's it's so mean spirited. Um, he doesn't utter a sound the entire movie. Like even whenever he attacks somebody and they uh, get one up on him and injure him, mm-hmm. like he screams, but he doesn't make a sound. Like it's just like a silent scream, or like when he's killing somebody, he's like laughing silently. Uh it's fantastic. Yeah, he has uh, very mime-inspired makeup too, which I, I think lends to mm-hmm. that, which is interesting. Yeah, and that's and that's what's really terrifying is that he's crying on the outside or on the inside. Which was it? Which is it for clowns? Laughing on the outside, crying on the inside. Yes, they're. I mean, they exist. So, I mean, if you're if you're a professional clown, you're probably crying every day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you're a professional clown, fuck you. <laughs> no, um, you're fine. You should have um gone to plumber school or electrician school, learned a trade. I don't know. You should have gone to real college instead of clown college. Yeah, like clown college is in itself something people say to say that like people are dumb. Yeah. Also, kangaroo court. <laughs> this is kangaroo court. <laughs> I think the the worst thing you can say to somebody is who's this clown because you're implying that they're not only a clown but not even one of the better clowns. <laughs> uh sure. Uh so so Caleb, we have uh three women, uh, three main women in this movie. Uh which one was your favorite to look at in order to objectify women for once on this show? Uh I don't know, the first main character. Okay, so that's another thing this movie does. Uh, it gives you a character early on who you think is going to be the final girl, which is like the horror trope. Yes. Like, you're like, okay, this is our character that we're going on the ride with, and she's going to be the final girl. Um, which, like, even just saying that is spoilery, but, like, it, that turns out to not be the case. I don't want to give too much away, but, like, mm-hmm. um, so, like, in the back end of the movie, we get a second main character introduced. Um which is a, f- a fantastic and original twist for the this movie and like uh reminded me a lot of fuck which uh I think it was the reboot of uh Friday the 13th did something similar where it's like there's there's a group that it follows for like 35 or like 30 to 45 minutes of the movie and then like they all just fucking get murdered Oh, and like, and then it's like, hey, here's so and so coming looking for her sister and a new group of teens. Um, well, it's like, uh, kind of like Death Proof in a way, because Death Proof it follows yeah, uh, yeah. this group of girls for like thirty forty five minutes or thirty to forty minutes, and we get introduced to a second group of girls who uh, then get socked by Kurt Russell. Yeah, that's a good pull. Um, so I like that element of it a lot, like. There's really <laughs> there's really nobody safe. Like I think every character who shows up and like has a name fucking gets killed by this fucking clown. Mm-hmm. Um 
I know. Fuck. Man, there there's a very surprising kill that I never expected because the way this movie is framed is that it's a slasher movie, so you're you're watching this guy just like murder mm-hmm. people in And then he, he just fucking pulls out a gun. That was it. That was it. He pulls out a gun, <laughs> which was the most surprising thing I've ever seen in a slasher movie. Because yeah. you're not like you're conditioned if you've watched enough that like, oh, he's going to pull out like improvised weapons, knives, that kind of thing. But then he pulls out a fucking gun and shoots this girl. And I'm like, wait, what? I, I was yeah. I was very taken aback by that sequence. I think this has like the nastiest fucking on-screen kill that I've ever seen, which is where uh, he captures both young girls, young drunk Halloween slutty girls, uh, and like ties one to a chair and forces her to watch is like she has her friend uh, hanging up by her ankles and fucking hacksaws her in half. That was... Uh, starting at the crotch and ending at her head. That was fucking brutal. The... <laughs> I had no the, idea where the that absolute... was absolute. Yeah, that was... I I thought I knew where it was going, and I didn't want it to go there, and then it did. That was, um, that was nuts it's to watch. probably the worst fucking horror movie kill that I've ever seen. And, and I think, like, as much as I clown on the uh, the practical effects, like, when, whenever they ha, have clown. The, the, the heads, like, the head of the guy who's... Well, like, yeah, like, the prop heads look realistic. Like, enough. You know what I mean? Oh, right, yeah, you're right. Like, the, the, heads, the heads look fine, and they, they look a bit cheesy. But like I think this this practical thing where he, like it shows the the like the body of the girl getting hacksawed in half like I I think that's the best practical effect of the whole movie. Yes, because I agree. It, it truly um, looks like her body. So now it's time to get into the thing that disappointed me with this movie mm-hmm. and the thing that I hated about this movie. Okay. Um, so the thing that disappointed me is that the, the twist at the very end, I absolutely knew, uh, was going to happen from like, like 10 to 15 minutes before it happened Mm -hmm. that like, uh, the fucking victim whose face is all fucked up from this clown attack, um, that got interviewed on TV and then fucking, murdered the host that happened at the very beginning of the movie um i was like oh hey it's it's gonna be that girl and it yeah that that was uh that was like a flash forward or whatever they they faded to black and said one year earlier yeah i didn't expect it originally but when it whenever she showed back up i'm like oh this is gonna be that girl okay well whatever yeah uh, so I don't know, like, not that I'm saying like they, they could have done it any better. Cause like it, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. And like, uh, like that was still a cool way to end and begin the movie, but like to kind of bookend it. Um, but like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I was just kind of bummed that I, I saw it coming from that far off, but, um, uh, the thing that I did not like about this movie is that, like, rather than be apprehended, uh, the clown pulls out a gun and fucking blows his head off. Mm-hmm. 
uh, but then comes back to life and chokes the coroner to death. Yeah. And I was like, well, all right, now it's just supernatural dumb shit. Yeah. Which, like, had not been an element of the film up to that point. Yeah, I I watched that ending and went, oh, really? That's fucking lame. Why? Why not just have, like, a second clown? Uh... Do you remember the part of the movie where the clown scalped a woman and was wearing her hair around as a wig and also, like, cut her breasts off and was wearing them around? Yeah, that was and, like, fucked. And, and looked like Marilyn Manson. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do remember that. That was, uh, that was inspired. Whoever came up with that. That was, like... In the entire movie, like I said, it's it's so fucking mean-spirited. And, like, it just fucking does it. Like, this is... Like, it takes a lot to shock me. Because I've fucking seen some insane piece of shit movies. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is fucking hardcore. (laughs) Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, like I said, like, you really have to be into gore and just, like, mean-spirited horror movies to get down on this. But if you're into that... This is where it's at. Yeah. If you like B B movie gore slasher uh horror movies that are like extremely nihilistic and just like m- make you feel like a piece of shit about the state of the world, like here it is. To watch Terrifier. <laughs> yeah. And and I think uh, going back to Halloween, uh, which is kind of serendipitous that we started this right after I began my Patreon series with Gerald. uh, Like, we don't understand what art's motivations are. It just seems to be he picks a target and then goes to murder them. And that's about it. Yeah. Yeah, like he kind of fixates on uh, Tara and just, like, kills everyone around her. And then when he's done fucking around, just fucking shoots her a bunch of times because he fucking suddenly produces a gun yeah and then uh yeah it just kind of goes from there it's the other thing i like about movies like this is like you have a killer who's just like a force of nature basically and like whenever the movie starts running out of fodder it's like oh shit quick we have to introduce more characters here's uh, uh, an insane lady who lives in this building as a vagrant. Uh, here's the, the the night janitor. Here's the guy who came to check on the night janitor. Uh, here's the sister of the former main character. Here's uh, the sister's brother's cousin's uncle's ex-husband's <laughs> former roommate. Yeah, it just kind of keeps throwing people at this guy for like yeah. and they just come out of nowhere like they're just like like all of a sudden they exist and it's like oh another person for art to kill yeah it's like uh what's your favorite thing uh slasher movies what's your least favorite thing scary clowns oh, oh shit, shit. <laughs> uh what would you rate this all right so uh note that like even though i enjoy b movies for what they are Still rate them what I think they are. Uh, I th- I find this to be a two and a half. That said, uh, it's a qualified recommend if you're somebody who enjoys mean spirited slashers, as you were saying. So, uh, and and if you're somebody who can't take like even comical gore effects, uh, don't watch this. Yeah, 
Um, this is kind of weird. As a movie in and of itself, I'd say two and a half. Yes. As an example of its genre, this is a four star. Sure. Yeah, I, I, I that's fair. I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna say this is a, a bad movie, but it's it's certainly niche, and the niche it fills is very specific with what it needs to be. Or like, yeah, its niche is just very specific. Yeah. So, like, if you're somebody who doesn't enjoy that kind of stuff, hard avoid this in all cases. Yeah, uh, this movie is shocking and disgusting, and you probably will hate it. Um, and I recommend it highly. So, uh, now it's time to wrap up the show. Yeah. And, uh, you had on our notes that next week we would be watching whatever I wanted. So I am choosing John was trying to contact aliens. Uh, this is a new documentary. So I just looked this up and I just put it in my queue. And would you like to know how long John was trying to contact aliens is? Oh, fuck. It's either really short or really long from you saying that. 16 minutes. Oh, my. Um, well, then uh, we'll we'll watch and review that, but we'll have a kind of secondary review after. Uh, and that is where I'm going to assign you to power through Avatar and start watching Legend of Korra oh, if, you're, if you're up to it. Uh, if not, we can j- both just watch whatever. So we'll kind of have a wild card show for next week. Eh. Uh, I'm gonna try to get through Avatar now that now that I am no longer trying to power through my top hundred movies of all time. I can s- start having Ashley uh, power through Avatar, so we can also probably get that Rabbit Ears episode out. So uh, at the very least, I will finish Avatar next. Why week. isn't she finished Avatar? Because she's, she's waiting for not me. Doing anything? She's waiting for me. Because she's oh, a nice person. Okay. I wanted to watch it too, like because it, it's been a while since I watched it. Unlike my fucking wife, who, uh, when I tried to rewatch Avatar with her so I could introduce her to it, uh, I mildly inconvenienced her by having a job and uh, missed like half of one episode, so she just watched two full seasons without me. <laughs> Has she found a job out there yet? Nah, she also hasn't looked, because I told her to just take some time off, because she supported me whenever I left my job, so. That's fair. And also, like, I'm making more than both of us were together now, so. Fucking brag about it, Jesus. Well, I mean, the other end of that is, like, once business starts to slow down here in, like, October, November, I'm... Not going to be making very good money, so... Sure. Uh, she's going to have to get a job. <laughs> Jerry, get a job. All right. Uh, and then, uh, on the back half of the episode, we are going to have a cautionary tale of Netflix. So, uh... You pick. I, yeah, I'm, I'm, trying, to, I'm trying to figure it out. And I don't want to pick something, like, obviously awful. Like, uh... You know, let's say, for instance, uh, Last Days of American Crime, because fuck that. That's stupid. Why would we ever watch that? I miss the fucking Cowboys versus Dinosaurs, Blood Glacier, uh, that, like, sort of era of our show. Like, is there something 
of that ilk that we can oh, no, check out. I'm yeah, that's the that's honestly what I'm looking for. Like, I don't want to be like, oh, we just watched fucking Priest, and now it's time to watch the other movie that we confuse with Priest. Like, no, nah, I want to, I want to like find a B movie. Why has Netflix become so bad for finding bad movies? I think that's a testament to how much Netflix has progressed since we uh, began this show. Because like, it used <laughs> to be really easy to find bullshit to watch. Yeah. Because, like, like you said, we we would just do like uh, you know something versus something, and it would just show yeah, up. Like here, like here's some stupid bullshit that popped up in my feed. Let's watch that. And now, like, we have to search. So, all right. So, uh, because I couldn't think of anything, I instead decided to look up something we did watch, and we just I just mentioned it: Cowboys versus Dinosaurs. So uh, I clicked that and it says titles related to Cowboys vs. Dinosaurs. And the first thing that came up called Alien Warfare. Oh, God. Uh, and now I'm going to research it. Oh, yeah, 2.6 on IMDb. So perfect. Perfect. Uh, the U.S. Navy SEAL Team. Uh, I want to point out here. Uh, it does say the U.S. Navy SEAL Team. And I will continue with the Which rest one? of the description. Uh, tackles a top-secret mission at a research center where scientists have mysteriously disappeared and another life form awaits. So, the U.S. Navy SEAL team, the only one that's in, in existence, Caleb. This is going to be awful. <laughs> the U.S. Navy SEAL team. Do you remember when I watched Atlantic Rim? Yeah. Man, is the Asylum... Do they still put out shit on Netflix? I wonder. I would hope they do. Even though they're fucking garbage. Uh, Caleb, it's time for us to leave this show forever. Uh, so why don't you tell people stuff? Netflixandswill.com is your one-stop shop for all things Netflix and Swill related. Uh, check out Rabbit Ears. Check out Two Peas on a Podcast, where uh, Dan and myself are frequent guest hosts. Um... Check out the Epic Film Guys and become a patron, and you can listen to me and Nick talking about Scott Pilgrim vs. the World for its 10th anniversary. Yeah! Um, there's a lot of things that we're doing. We are on uh, a steady ascension to uh, the lofty heights of podcasting. Yeah. Watch out, Joe Rogan. <laughs> Next, I'm going to be smoking weed with Elon Musk. I can't wait to see the memes on that. Yeah. And as you were saying in the beginning of the show, thank you to Space Weather for the use of our theme song. Uh, it's very good. It's and very good. And more importantly, it's ours. It's ours. So we can't get sued. <laughs> That's true. Uh, make sure you also check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash Swill, Or if you like using our website, netflixandswill.com slash Patreon, uh, where support at any level allows us to uh allows you to listen to our entire Patreon back catalog uh, and at the $5 level you can suggest us to watch stuff like Terrifier. Please buy shirts. You have to wear shirts, it's the law. And if you buy our shirts, we get money. That's true. Uh and uh our new Patreon series, uh Gerald makes Dan watch uh the Halloween series is, has just started, so it's never been a better time to start supporting us monetarily. Yeah, I have uh, 
I have a lot of uh, material needs that uh, have to keep being fulfilled. So, unless you're going to buy me magic cards directly, uh, become a patron. Yeah. That's it. Uh, do you have anything to add? An addendum? No, uh, just be on the lookout for my episode with Paul on the countdown feed for my top 71 through 80 movies of all time. Uh Number 73 will shock you. <laughs> Clickbait title. Uh, that is all. I, uh, as, so th- this is something new that I've learned since moving to Ohio. People don't say I appreciate it. They say I appreciate you. Uh, I appreciate you listening to the show. Yeah, and until next week, this is Caleb Singh. We'll see you next Tuesday. <laughs> Netflix and Swill is an independent podcast. As such, we believe in the scrappy underdogs of the podcast world. If you're an indie podcast and would like us to run your promo on our show, please contact us. The little guys need to stick together. If you enjoy what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend. The more we grow, the better the show will be. Thank you for being part of the Netflix and Swill family.